السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته to all of you الحمد لله Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has still blessed us to come together albeit virtually by means of the internet we really wish that we could have seen you all at the same site that we were last year in northern Pennsylvania and to experience blessed gatherings together and to learn together and to be together but Qaddarullah ma sha fa'al even if we can't get together outwardly inshallah ta'ala we get together in this way and our good opinion of our Lord is that because that we intended to get together outwardly he's still going to give us the same reward and the same blessings were we to have actually gotten together even though that we're doing an abridged version of the summer retreat online and inshallah ta'ala we also hope that next year we, we will be back to the physical location where we can all come together bi'idhnillahi ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless this time that we spend together over the course of the next five days may Allah fill it with intense mercy and that very that uh, that a large amount of blessings for all of us inshallah ta'ala and may it be a means for all of us to attain degrees of closeness to him subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be a means for all of our needs whatever those needs might be be taken care of ta'ala, from the barak of our teachers and the barak of the awliya and the salihin in this time ya arhamar rahimin and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us sound knowledge whereby which the path to him becomes clear May we be protected from any type of confusion that would hinder us from drawing near to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the time that we spend learning this deen and attempting to have fiqh, understanding of the deen, is some of the greatest time that we can spend of all. And if we intend to learn and set out to learn, even if that setting out is not actually even leaving of the house, but it's a movement towards your computer or your phone or your device or whatever to learn. The hope is that we are feasibilillah, that we are in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we want to do. We want to spend our lives learning. And no matter how much we've been guided, there can be more guidance. And the topic that Ustad Amjad is covering, the topic of forgiveness, forgiveness has a beginning. But there's no degrees to which then it, it doesn't stop. You keep moving up in the ranks of forgiveness. And likewise, hidayah, guidance, has a beginning. But there are no degrees to which where you stop eventually in the ascension of the degrees of hidayah. And this is what we want. We want to move up in the degrees of guidance constantly and that we draw near to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. So, this is a very exciting topic um, that uh, the Abdul Fakir is going to be looking at. And um, I wanted to let everybody know, Alhamdulillah, Ustaz uh, Amjad Tarsin has translated uh, the book that we are going to be covering, although we're going to be covering excerpts from the book. And this book, inshaAllah Ta'ala, is going to be the first publication of Al-Maqasid. 
and um, it is a that treaties penned by Sayyid Habib Omar bin Muhammad bin Saad bin Hafid. And the Arabic title is Al Khitab al Islami Fil Muassasat al Diniya Bain al Waqi' wa Tatwir. And this has been rendered into English The Islamic Discourse in Religious Institutions, Its Current State, and Future Development. And this is a book from the general category of what is called Fiqh Dawah, the principles that are taught that relate to calling to Allah, how it is that we should be when we present this deen, how it is that we can live this deen so that we affect others. And specifically, this is geared towards institutions. And this is a book of, even though it is that concise, it is packed with meaning and of the utmost benefit. So inshallah ta'ala, we hope that uh, fairly soon that book will be published and will be available for those who want to follow up and read the entire book. Um, and inshallah ta'ala, uh, at a later stage, that hopefully there will be opportunities to expound further upon the many meanings that are in this book. So <coughs> inshallah ta'ala, we will begin our study. And um, for those that are following online, so you can access this in the PDF that was sent out to you, and which I also believe is available on the website where the live stream is appearing. And so <coughs> you'll see the title says, Selections from the Islamic Discourse by Habib Omar bin Hafid. First session, we're going to be focusing on the primary mission of And it's important to note that an institution ultimately comprises of individuals. An institution is made up of people. And this is one of the very important things that we all must be aware of, especially now as we see in the Western world, in places like the United States of America, a rise in Islamic institutions that are serving in various capacities, whether it be some type of that humanitarian service, whether it be an educational service, some type of community service, we have to be aware of the institution and its making and important principles that we always must return back to when we establish, work, and, and serve in these various institutions. And one of the things that is very easy to happen is where the institution becomes an end in and of itself, as opposed to a means. And we always want to be, sh uh, be clear that the institution is a means for service. And ultimately, we should always strive to remain people-centric. This is ultimately, in the end, about hearts of men and women. It is about people. And it is about people coming to know his or her Lord. This is really what this whole affair is about. And those who are serving in those institutions must always be reminded of that. Because you can get so caught up in your service, you forget about the purpose of your service. Just as the institution, which is that vehicle for that service, also that has to be reminded, we, we, those serving in it have to be reminded that it's a means. What you want is benefit 
to come to other people and that those that you are serving directly and those that you can reach indirectly. So there are many principles that we will look at but Sayyidina Habib Umar begins with the discussion of the primary mission and in Arabic uh, he says he, the word that is used here is al-asl and that the asl is the foundation of something the foundation and just as I said Amjad was mentioning the metaphor in his class about the foundation of the house and you can't get into the details of decorating if you don't have a solid foundation you can't get into choosing furniture and cabinets and all of these other things the type of trim you want all these if you don't have a solid foundation and this is such a beautiful thing about our Dean is that our Dean teaches us to build upon solid foundations and I was always touched by the fact that many of our great teachers even though they were in their 70s 80s maybe even in their 90s they never shied away from teaching people the basics so still to this day someone could go to the author of this book uh, you could go visit him in Tarim and you will find young people reading beginning books with him in various class settings this was also the case in Mauritania I remember there would be students who would just arrive I remember a day where there was a student who was just sent to the school of Marabat al-Hajj and he was his very first day he just brought his loh his wooden board and he was starting to learn the letters and the one of the great shuyukh of the school was teaching him alif ba and ta and this is really beautiful because we don't have an understanding that you can bypass the foundations on the contrary you cannot bypass the foundations if you try to build without foundations whatever it is that you are striving towards that edifice will crumble eventually and in terms of our understanding of sharia tariqah and haqiqah that is a knowledge of the sacred law striving to put into practice and experiencing spiritual realities if Allah Ta'ala gifts someone to reach this higher degree of practice where they're experiencing spiritual realities of this deen and that Allah Ta'ala blesses them with this it only makes the foundation stronger and so as it could be said is al-shari'a al-haqiqa mukammila al-shari'a so the more that we move up in the degrees of ihsan and spiritual experience and the higher degrees of certainty the better that you'll perform the basics but the basics the foundations remain and they remain until inshallah ta'ala we take our last breath worship your lord until certainty comes to you i.e death and this is how we want to be we want to be steadfast in this worship so what is the asal what is this primary mission of religious institutions and how does this relate to the impact of their discourse so he says the primary mission of religious institutions consists of implementing and fulfilling the divine command expressed in his saying subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's going to quote a verse 
ولتكون منكم أمة يدعون إلى الخير ويأمنون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر وأولئك هم المفلحون ولا تكونوا كالذين تفرقوا واختلفوا من بعد ما جاءهم البينات وأولئك لهم عذاب عظيم Let there be a group among you who call to goodness encourage what is good forbid what is evil it is they who are successful do not be like those who split into factions and differed after clear proofs had come to them it is they who will suffer a tremendous punishment well tukun minkum let there be a group among you and so this should be at the very heart of everything that it is that we do tanfeeth al-amr al-ilahi is that implementing the divine command that's what should motivate us at the very depth of our being this is for allah and we are doing what allah wants us to do and this is how this ummah should be we should be an ummah that calls to goodness wherever there are muslims on the face of this earth that should be synonymous with goodness and a calling to goodness and an establishment of that which is good and were Muslims to really be doing their job in fulfilling divine command in a way that was pleasing to him subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever you find Muslims on the face of this earth you would find them benefiting their societies contributing to their societies we need to get beyond this very limited frame of just trying to survive in the societies in which we live. Muslims, we, want, we sh should attempt to be strong and contribute based upon our unique principles to the societies in which we live. And this is the way that we should view our education. This is the way that we should view our early training. This is the way that we should that frame our career in the future, our interactions with other people. How can we contribute to the societies in which we live and call to goodness how can we encourage what is good and all of the vast meanings of this this is vast all of the meanings of encouraging what is good and how can we forbid what is evil this is, there are definitely things that will harm people beliefs that will harm people, perspectives that will harm people, practices that will harm people. And this is why the sunnah of our Prophet Sallallahu is healthy in all of the meanings of health. And when we strive to live that sunnah, we will be experiencing that health. And if you're healthy, then you'll be able to help other people as well also become healthy. So this is what he says. This is at the very heart of this whole matter is implementing and fulfilling the divine command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, the discourse of these institutions, whether communicated verbally or by the mute eloquence of their state. So that is the lisan al-hal has a widespread impact on many individuals, groups, communities, in societies, both Muslim and non-Muslim. And so, of course, Habib Omar is speaking in a way that, uh, that he is including all different types of institutions on a global scale that spanning 
the Muslim world, and this could even this would even obviously refer to as well Muslim institutions, Islamic institutions, um, that um, beyond the in, in, in the, the the Muslim world. So that he's saying that there's a large degree of impact that these institutions have, but when we talk about this impasse, impact, there are certain contributing factors that will determine how strong that impact really is. And this is why the next sentence states, the degree of efficacy of their discourse depends on the preparedness and receptiveness of the people serving within those institutions as well as those being addressed. Now this is deep because you might want to first look externally. Like, oh, are these people ready to receive? Are they willing to benefit from? But he begins with those working in the institutions. He begins with those who are they themselves a part of these institutions that are actually doing the work. And so that this word that he uses, istidad wal qabaliya, translated here, that beautifully as preparedness and receptiveness. This is these are very profound concepts, and take a quite a bit of time to truly um, that uh, that unpack. But your 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 preparedness is something that relates to your spiritual state and that how ready you really are to fulfill that command and to bear this responsibility in a way where you are aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do this and at the same time you're also aware that you are bound by a methodology in terms of how it is that you do do this and then it also relates to that willingness that you have at the depth of your being to sacrifice for that particular cause that you have set out to serve in and your qabaliyah your receptiveness and all of these meanings to that put into practice the meanings of the deen <coughs> to put into practice the teachings of the Quran, the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad and then to live by them. And that taking us back to what he said before is that not just impacting people with the lisan and maqal, with the tongue and what it is that you say, but also by the state of heart. And as it has been said, that the lisan and hal is afsah. The tongue of your state, mute eloquence, is that more eloquent than speaking any way outwardly. And what is meant by that is it's more impactful. Just as if someone speaks very eloquently, their eloquent speech can impact you. The true and most um, the best way to impact someone is through your state, by being in a good state. And the state speaks for itself without you even saying anything. And then when you speak from a good state, it's going to be more impactful. So 
these words preparedness and receptiveness are <coughs> very propo profound and hopefully that as we mature and as we progress we will move up in the various degrees where we have higher degrees of preparedness we have higher degrees of <coughs> receptiveness excuse me <coughs> So then he quotes a verse. أَدْعُوا إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمَوْئِذَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَةِ Invite to the way of your Lord with wisdom and beautiful advice and debate with them only in the best manner. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ Surely your Lord knows best who has strayed from his way and who is? rightly guided. So, that calling to the path of your Lord, inviting to His way, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in what specific way? With wisdom. And with good admonition, beautiful advice. And debate with them in the best manner. In other words, is that we are bound by a methodology. We cannot just do things in the way that we want to do them. If you believe in Allah and at the very heart of your service of the deen, whatever capacity that you are serving in, that you want to serve in a way that is pleasing to Allah and is a means for you to become beloved to Allah, what comes after that is to realize we have a methodology. And this, these meanings of receptiveness and preparedness also relate to this methodology. To what degree are we prepared and ready to embrace it and to live by it? And especially when things get difficult. Do we just abandon the methodology and just do whatever it is that we want to do? Our success is in this. Doing this for Allah. Responding to, that his, to the, the, his command and fulfilling it, but then doing it in a way that, was it, that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he quotes another verse, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرًا أَنَا وَمَنَ اتَّبَعْنِي وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَمَا أَنَا مَنَ مُشْرِكِينَ These verses from Surah Yusuf. Say, O Prophet, this is my way. I invite to Allah with insight. I and those who follow me. And Say, O Prophet, this is my way. So when we understand that we have a methodology, that methodology has a lineage that is traced back to the Prophet Muhammad And alhamdulillah, we still have examples in this ummah of people where their hadi, their way, is the way of the Prophet Muhammad Their da'wah, their way of calling to Allah is the way of the Prophet Muhammad This is preserved in the Ummah of the Rasul and will remain until Yom Qiyamah. And this is why it's so important to have living teachers that we learn these principles from. And I remember one of my teachers commenting and he was speaking in a specific sense of the Shamal al-Tirmidhi about the great characteristics of the Prophet 
and how he read the book a little bit later after he had spent a significant amount of time with one of his teachers. And he commented saying when he started to read the principles, he had already seen them implemented by his teacher. And so it, it reminded him as he's reading about how the Prophet was, things that he had already seen <coughs> from his teachers before actually reading them in a book. <coughs> Which is amazing because that this is what really makes impacts the heart is when you see this come to light, these principles come to life in real time with real people putting them into practice. And they used to say about one of the teachers of Sayyidina Habib, Omar Habib Muhammad bin Ali bin Shihab, is that the, the meanings of humility that you would learn from being in his presence was better than reading 20 books. Because the, you, you learn that meaning by being with him. And subhanAllah, that things that these great individuals had the ability to do because of their degree of Iman and because of how rooted they were in the character of our Prophet that ad'u ilallah ala basira. So the Prophet is saying, وسلم, that I call to Allah with insight. I and those who follow me. I and those who follow me. That opens up the door for his ummah to follow him. How beautiful is that? I and those who follow me. Opening up the door for us to that follow in the footsteps of the Prophet وسلم, to emulate him and to do what is that what he did وسلم, and try to adorn ourselves with these great character traits so <coughs> then in the next paragraph which is titled the most prominent means for impact Sayyidina Habib Omar is going to mention a very very important principle here that relates to the individual serving in this institution he says, each institution's degree of sincerity in seeking Allah's countenance, abundance of knowledge with regards to Allah's rulings, expansiveness of heart, broadness in understanding and reflection, recognition of the people of virtue and fulfilling their rights, and its immersion in prophetic character will determine the extent of its positive impact upon the state of the ummah in its members' lives and all of those other people that they're serving. So we'll keep reading and then we'll come and come back to this. Allah the glorious and majestic said, <coughs> so he quotes a verse, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةً مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضْلًا غَلِيثَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَدُّ مِنْ حَوْلَكَ فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ it is by Allah's mercy that you, O Prophet, were gentle with them. Had you been harsh or hard-hearted, they would have certainly dispersed from around you. So pardon them, ask forgiveness for them, and consult with them about matters. Then, once you have decided on a course of action, put your trust in Allah. Surely Allah loves those who put their trust in Him. So Allah is telling us about that were the Prophet to have been in the way described, harsh or hard-hearted, what it would have been the result? They would have dispersed from around you. And then to give an example, as Allah says here, on how it is that 
the Prophet should be, and then by extension, how we should be. So pardon them. So they've done something that needs to be pardoned. So the Allah is telling the Prophet to pardon them. And then not only pardon them, but to seek forgiveness for them. And then, not only that, and still consult with them about matters. So a seeking of pardon, but then a seeking of forgiveness, and then consult them after all of that. La ilaha illallah. And then, These traits are so, so important. When you have decided on a course of action, put your trust in Allah. Think about how important that is for individuals serving an institution. So you have a mentioning of character, but then this other dimension of our character. Sometimes we have to make hard decisions. Sometimes we have to make quick decisions. Sometimes we have a little bit more time to make our decisions, but we have to make decisions regularly. And after we go through the process of what it is that we're supposed to do, and we decide on a course of action, put your trust in Allah. And sometimes we can make decisions too quickly, and we make them incorrectly, and sometimes that we don't make the right decisions as dis decisively as we should. So what we want is to find that balance, is to give everything its right. When you have a little bit more time, consult who you need to consult, but then once you decide, you place your trust in Allah Ta'ala, and you go through with it. And even if you made a mistake, it will hopefully quickly be corrected. And then you learn from your mistakes and you build. You learn from your mistakes and you build. These are, this is golden in terms of that individu for individuals and for institutions to thrive and to flourish. So um, I want to keep reading uh, and, then, and then I'm going to come back to this, th this, this first part of this paragraph because it's so important. He also said, addressing his subhanahu wa ta'ala, addressing his chosen prophet, And you are truly upon a magnificent character. And we hear this verse quoted a lot, but we cannot just let it pass our heart and not reflect upon it. Every time we hear that verse, it's not, we should not have the response, oh, I've heard that verse before. No, no, no. And then we repeat it. And then we repeat it. And we repeat it. And we repeat it. And we repeat it day in, day out, over and over and over and over again. Because that's how we have to be. And truly, you are upon a magnificent character. I.e., that's how we have to be. And we have to hold ourselves to a high standard. And if we fall short, we make amends. We rectify the wrong and we move forward. We rectify the wrong and we move forward. And we hold ourselves to a high standard that we strive towards. This is of the utmost importance. And then he says, Yahya bin Mu'adh said, The scholars are more merciful towards the ummah of Muhammad than their own fathers and mothers. La ilaha illallah. So again, this is all in the context of good character and some of these very important principles that are needed to truly impact other people. And after mentioning the Quranic verse, then he quotes that this great uh, Imam of the Salaf, Yahya bin Mu'adh, that the scholars are more merciful towards the Ummah of Muhammad than their own fathers and mothers. 
this is how we should be towards the ummah. Love and mercy and want good for them. He was asked, how is that so? He replied, because their fathers and mothers protect them from fire of this world. Parents protect their children from danger in the world. But they, i.e. the scholars, protect them from the fire of the hereafter. That they prepare them for entering into the garden and that they protect them from entering into the fire in the final abode. The Mourn Institution deviates from its foundational principles and noble objectives and departs from having a good opinion, beautiful dealings, and virtuous character, the more harmful its effects will be, leading to disastrous conflicts, useless argumentation, wasted time and energy by using them for harmful things, and the distortion of the radiant sharia. These things prevent people Away, these, these things prevent people away from understanding the reality of Islam and from beholding the beauty of its methodology and splendor of its rulings. They give rise to misconceptions regarding the proper ways to serve Islam and give victory to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu So we still have a little bit best. We're going to come back to it. So let's pause there and go back to the paragraph that is the, the, the section that is immediately under the the uh, subtitle, the title, the most prominent means for impact. So I want to look at this in a little bit more detail and over the next 10 minutes. So he says here that each institution's degree, first and foremost, of sincerity in seeking Allah's countenance. So the first thing he mentions is sincerity. Why are we doing this? And that's why we all have to have times where we scrutinize our intentions. Why are we doing what it is that we're doing? What is our goal? What do we want to achieve? Our goal should be closeness to Allah. We should want to achieve success in this world and the next by being forgiven, entering into paradise, and receiving the good contentment of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sincerity. Qasli wajhillah. Innama nut'imukum li wajhillah. We are only feeding you for the sake of Allah. La nuridu minkum jaza'an wa la shukura. We do not want any recompense from you or any thanks. This is for Allah. And just to show how this works, if we have mixed intentions, and part of the reason we are doing things is for other people, uh, for people to think favorably about us, or for us to um, that uh, enjoy what people say about us because we do what it is that we do. When people start to criticize you or when you go through some type of difficulty, it might affect your ability to still do the work because you get used to relying upon those compliments and these ways that people treat you. And so, in other words, is that for the sustainability of your service, i.e. being able to serve over a long period of time, one of the very important components is sincerity. Because if you're sincere, whether people praise you or whether they criticize you, whether they say good things about you or whether they say bad things about you, you'll be consistent in your service. And there's other components that are needed for the sustainability of service, but that's one of them. It will help you through thick and thin 
to continue to serve for Allah Ta'ala's sake. So this is the first thing that he mentions, is that in terms of impact on people and bringing about positive positivity and good sincerity. The second is abundance of knowledge with regards to Allah's rulings. We have to have fiqh in the deen. We've got to have understanding of the deen. And the specific meaning of knowing the hukum of Allah. What is the ruling in any given situation? And alhamdulillah, increasingly, things are becoming more and more clear. We have had pioneer organizations that have opened up the doors for us to follow them into, that have set good examples and have set good practice. And this needs to continue. And this is something that we um, has to be established as we move forward. How do we operate, for instance, if we're in a place like the United States of America in a 501c3 nonprofit structure where you honor the laws of the land and at the same time that you make sure that you that serve in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger? And that how do you set good protocols? How do you set good policies and share best practice with other organizations so that we can make sure that we are that doing everything in a lawful manner that Islamically as well as legally in relation to the societies in which we live. Abundance of knowledge with regards to Allah's rulings. And depending upon the type of service that we are doing, we will that need to learn certain aspects of sacred law so that we know how to put everything in its proper place. So this is very, very important. But then he also says, Si'at al-Sadr, expansiveness of heart. How expansive is our hearts? How willing are we to reach out to people? How willing are we to embrace other people? And based upon where they are in terms of their understanding, in terms of how they view the world, the more expansiveness of heart that we have, the more impact we'll have on people. And if we close off too quickly to other people, how are we then going to impact them and benefit them? Have an expansiveness of heart. And then he says here, broadness in understanding and reflection. Si'atu afaq al-idraq wal-fikr. These are very profound. Each one of these you could really spend a lot of time with. But these are very powerful meanings. Broadness and understanding and reflection. So the, the broader our thinking, the more aware we are of the time and the place in which we live, the more aware we are of the psychology of the people and the frames in which they think, the that more knowledge that we have of the modern world, the more in-depth knowledge that we have of our own deen, and the more that we have an ability to bridge that gap between where people are at and where they need to be and speak to them in a way that is effective and to communicate to them the realities of this deen 1400 plus years after the time of the Prophet to where they are at in the moment based upon their upbringing and that how they've been raised and the way that they view the world and so forth and so on. The greater our knowledge of this and the broadness in our understanding 
and how it is that we understand the world in which we live, the more effective that we're going to be. The more ability that we will have to cater that a specific piece of advice to a particular person or tailor that a specific that benefit to someone that they need. And then, and also, that recognition of the people of virtue and fulfilling their rights. This is very important. This is very important. In any given society, you have elders in that society. You have people that have been serving for many, many years. You have community leaders. You have people that have that been doing certain types of good for extended periods of time. And this is very important that as we build institutions, we honor our predecessors. We honor the people who came before us that were the pioneers that had started us <coughs> in the right direction. And we respect them. And that the people that have other types of positions where they're in places where they're bringing about benefit and so forth, and they're people of virtue, these are broad categories where there's a, there's a number of different types of people that fall under them. This is of the utmost importance. And this is a key component so that someone just doesn't just implant themselves at the institution and dismiss all of the things that happened before and everyone that is around them. That we don't want to do this. We want, to, we want things to be seamless. That we want to bring people together, not bring people apart. We want to bring about healing, not cause further suffering. This is very important, and sometimes you will find people that move to a particular area or that, um, move, uh, that they move to a particular area or they build a particular institution in a particular area where they could have really taken into consideration that area much better and got people on board locally where people that they need their advice, people that it would be beneficial to partner with them to network and so forth and so on so that we can all do this work together so this is a very important principle and then in its immersion in prophetic character so each institution's degree of sincerity in seeking Allah's countenance abundance of knowledge with regards to Allah's rulings expansiveness and incidentally anyone who is has an institution that they're serving under should have scholars and people of knowledge that they consult regularly on those matters if they themselves are not scholars. Expansiveness of heart, broadness in understanding and reflection, recognition of the people of virtue and fulfilling their rights, and its immersion in prophetic character, all of that will determine the extent of its positive impact upon the state of the ummah and its members' lives and all of the other people that they affect. So now we're going to reread the second to last paragraph on page two. The more an institution deviates from its foundational principles and noble objectives and departs from having a good opinion, beautiful dealings, and virtuous character, the more harmful its effects will be, leading to disastrous conflicts, useless argumentation, wasted time and energy, and the distortion of the radiant sharia of our Prophet Muhammad and I don't think we even need to mention examples. We've probably all seen this, where we see what happens when things go sour, when the institutions start bickering and they position themselves 
against each other and all of the things that happened there, the argumentation, the wasted time and energy, and so forth and so on. There needs to be standards. And this is very, very important as we expand in numbers in these lands in which we live. These things prevent people because in the end, who gets harmed the most? The people. These things prevent people from understanding the reality of Islam and beholding the beauty of its methodology and splendor of its rulings. They give rise to misconceptions regarding proper ways to serve Islam and give victory to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah And that's something that we should all take very seriously. How are we carrying ourselves? We don't want to just as we want to be a means for people to draw near to Allah. Our fear should be that we do things that bars people from the path to Allah Ta'ala. That we do things that push people away, that cause dissension and so forth and so on. These things that we should be hypersensitive to and aware of what we need to do and when. And of course in that conversation that reaching out to where people are at is different than building foundations within the institution. Everything has to be put in its proper place within the institution in relation to those that you are interacting with. Everything has to be put into its proper place. And then he mentions a verse. Allah has said, Obey Allah and His Messenger and do not dispute with one another or you would be discouraged and weakened. Be steadfast. Surely Allah is with those who are steadfast. So that Allah says, Obey Allah and His Messenger. Do not dispute with one another. And what is the result? You fail. And you will be discouraged and weakened. Have be steadfast, be patient. In Allah, and then he quotes another verse. O Prophet, you are not responsible whatsoever for those who have divided their religion and split into factions. Their judgment rests with Allah and He will inform them of what they used to do. That we need to be very careful when we serve as individuals in various institutions of the subtle nature of the hawa, of the desire, and that doing what it wants to do. And this is why we should always see ourselves in need of advice. We should always, as we're serving outwardly, work on ourselves internally and scrutinize our intentions and to try to uncover and discover hidden defects of the soul to make sure that we are serving sincerely and to make sure that we are at least aware of character flaws that we have so that we can then work on them. And that when we do this, it's not conceivable that we expect everybody to be perfect. But if people have that realization that, okay, I have character flaws and I'm open to advice and I'm willing to work on them. And we create an environment of tanasih where we can openly advise one another and help one another, then when you have those hiccups, you'll be able to overcome them. When you have those moments where things aren't going well, you'll be able to 
gather and to be able to then deal with it in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's what we wanted to cover for this session. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us and to open up the meanings of this concise yet extremely beneficial treatise. May Allah ta'ala bless us to be sincere and to that adorn our hearts with these various meanings. Bless us to be from those who are best in character and to give us a broad understanding, Ya Rabbil Alameen, and of the methodology of the Quran and the Sunnah and the way of the Prophet Muhammad and may we be keys that unlock the doors of all good and may we be locks that close the doors of all evil. Ya Arhamar Rahmeen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.